welcome to Marriage is Simply, a podcast. I'm your host, Lee Brewer. And I'm your host, Emily Brewer. Today on Marriage is Simply, we talk about fighting fair. And after you listen to this podcast, head over to marriageissimply.com to check out our weekly blog. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And while you're on Instagram, you'll want to check out our stories and answer today's poll question. You can find all of our accounts under the name Marriage is Simply. And be sure to go back to the last episode, Love Languages, if you haven't already listened to that. And I want to give a big shout out to Katie and Austin from Campbellsville, Kentucky. Thank you guys for engaging with Marriage is Simply. Her love language is words of affirmation and his is quality time. And so I'm excited that you guys can use that for your marriage. And I know that Katie and Austin have been married for less than a year. So I guess congratulations still on your marriage, newlyweds. So continue to grow. Be intentional with that. And now on to today's topic. Fighting fair. Ooh, this is going to be a heavy one, guys. Yeah, it is. But Emily, why is this an important thing to discuss? Because marriages are going to have fights. It is inevitable. You're going to have a disagreement. But the way that you fight and how you resolve those issues shapes your marriage. Yeah, so let's talk about fighting fair. Hopefully we can move beyond a Mr. and Mrs. Smith style relationship. Do you remember seeing that movie? Yes, the one with Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie as secret agents. Yeah, they were married without realizing that each other served as spies, and then they were tasked to kill each other. By the end, their house was demolished, everything was falling apart, and neighbors were reporting noise complaints. Yeah, let's work through some things so that's not our reality. Agreed. And hang on to the end of the podcast for a segment that we call Highly Debatable, in which we'll tell you the debatable things that we have fought about. No, really, you want to hear how right I am. Wow, that truly is highly debatable. All right, let's get down to it. Dive right in. First, let's talk about understanding that every couple argues. Every couple is going to face times in which they argue. It comes with sharing life. We share space, money, responsibilities, and we share emotions with each other. And sometimes those emotions get pretty skewed toward the negative, and they're very powerful influencers. So we must handle them with care. You're exactly right. So what are some things that shouldn't be said when we fight? All right, we have five things that we believe should not be said during an argument. The first is don't compare your spouse To family members, yours or theirs. Yeah, so sometimes I can start comparing you to your mom or your dad. And a lot of times you compare me to my mom. I do, but only when you're looking good. And that also leads us to our second point. Don't make everything a joke. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that's probably my fault. Well, I think that can be our defense mechanism. We start to feel the heat. We start to feel tension. And suddenly we start making jokes about things. But that can make the other person feel like the things that matter to them are laughable, that you don't take them seriously. And sometimes you have said, I always make things a joke, which that actually might be true, but that comes to number three of the things that shouldn't be said. And that's the words always and never. We shouldn't use the words always and never in an argument with our spouse. Yeah, that can immediately make the other person's hackles rise because that is not true. It's impossible to always or never do something. If you say you always leave the toilet seat up, you never listen to how I feel about things. That is not true. And it just makes the other person feel even more defensive. Yeah, those are two words we want to avoid at all costs. Now, number four, when things get hysterical, don't get historical. 
Yes, the surest sign that you haven't forgiven is that you continually use that past issue against your spouse. Forgiving means not using past transgressions as a future dagger. We've all done things that we regret in our marriage and things that deeply hurt the other person. But by continuing to drag those out, bring those up, it's hurtful to the other person because it just reminds them again of how they failed. We have to be sure to move on from things when we have forgiven them. And if we haven't forgiven, we need to work on that. Yeah, and I think it's it's worth saying it again. Forgiving means not using past transgressions as a future dagger. Yes. So next, don't use threats. Threatening in the middle of an argument is never going to have a good outcome. And the first thing we would caution about is don't threaten with divorce. This has to be a predetermined decision that you guys can work things out. You need to decide from day one before you ever fight that divorce is not on the table. This cannot be an option that is always sitting out there because in the heat of an argument, it's too easy to go too far. We'll get into boundary setting in just a minute, but you and your spouse need to decide that you are in this marriage with each other and for each other. If walking away is always an option, then it'll one day become your reality. Yeah, we decided early on we would never even use the word divorce. Even jokingly, we decided that we were going to try to make it work no matter what with each other and not use this as a threat if we didn't get our way. So don't use divorce as a threat, but also don't use taking the kids away as a threat. In fact, don't involve the kids at all. Arguments should lead to resolution, not seeing who can hurt each other the most. The moment you bring kids into it, you are now willing to risk hurting your kids in order to hurt your spouse. And you also are pitting your children against your spouse. And that screams danger, danger. You do not ever want to do that. Number three, don't threaten with exposing failures. This is a hard one because you're going to know your spouse's weaknesses and failures. A good marriage takes the knowledge of those weaknesses and failures and helps repair, rebuild, and reestablish trust. But a poor marriage stores that info away to be used for selfish gain and winning arguments. So we have three things that we have recommended that you don't threaten with. One, divorce. Two, taking the kids away. And three, exposing past failures. Yeah, don't ever bring those into an argument. So the five things that shouldn't be said during an argument are don't compare your spouse to a family member. Don't make everything a joke. Don't use the words always and never. And when things get hysterical, don't get historical. And number five, don't use threats. Though now that we've gone over the five things that shouldn't be said, let's hit the five things that shouldn't be done. Number one, getting physical with each other. That's your hands on your spouse or using objects. You don't want to have your hands involved with the argument. If the relationship is physically abusive, first, you need to take action immediately. You need to get to a counselor and seek help and get out of that situation quickly so that you can then make some steps forward for a future uh, healthy marriage. And so the current situation of physical abuse cannot be tolerated. So I just want to put that out there for anybody who is facing that difficult time and difficult situation. There is help. You should seek help for that. Yes, abuse is never okay. The next thing that shouldn't be done is don't bring other family members or friends into your argument. 
I understand you want someone in your corner that supports you, but our marriage needs to be designed that you are in each other's corner. If we act like every argument is a war to be won, our spouse will become our enemy, and it will cause our family and our friends to choose sides when, in reality, there's always three sides to every argument. His side, her side, and what's really going on. Yeah, so be careful when you're talking to others and never bring family members and friends into the argument. Number three, don't run to someone of the opposite sex. This is how affairs happen. First, it starts off with someone who's just available. You begin venting. You start talking about it. And and they begin sympathizing with your position. And that's how emotional connections are made. But think about this. What if you could have that same emotional spark, that same emotional connection with your spouse at the end of an argument instead of letting your emotions push you apart? You're exactly right. Running to the opposite sex, is it's not okay. It's never a good idea. The next one is do not post it on social media. You've heard the saying, don't air your dirty laundry. Everybody's going to come and look. When you are mad at your spouse, put down the phone, get away from the keyboard. Do not post on social media. There are several reasons for this. First of all, again, everyone's going to come and look and want to be in your drama and be in your business, and they're going to start taking sides. But secondly, it's hard to come back from putting that stuff out there publicly, saying those hurtful things or saying what's going on. You begin to lose respect for each other, and others begin to lose respect for you and your relationship. Yeah, everybody's got a picture of who you are, your relationships, your image, and you you're going to have these arguments and you're going to have fights in your marriage. The worst thing you can do is begin to show everybody else the worst side of it. There's ways to get help and there's ways to be a gossip. Definitely don't be a gossip in your marriage. So the last thing is don't impair your judgment with alcohol and drugs. Now, this may seem silly at first, But think about it. You're angry. You're in the heat of the moment. You want to dull the pain. You want to numb the pain. Do not turn to alcohol and drugs for this. You already probably aren't making the best decisions or saying the nicest things. But when you put something in there that's going to impair you and make you go to the extreme of your personality, it's never a good fit. It'll also cause you to make decisions that you may not normally make. And that doesn't help anyone. Everybody's got their coping mechanisms, the way that they retreat from the argument, from the emotional toil, from this issue between you and your spouse. And everybody has their own way to do that. But we have to know the healthy ways and the unhealthy ways. So please don't run to alcohol and drugs or anything else that would impair your decisions of moving forward and making a healthy marriage happen after an argument. So now we've had five things that shouldn't be done. They are getting physical with each other or objects because, you know, things can get thrown. Number two, don't bring family members and friends into it. Number three, don't run to someone of the opposite sex. Number four, do not post it on social media. And number five, don't impair your judgment with alcohol and drugs. You know, earlier we talked about decide in advance that divorce is not an option, that you're not going to ever throw that out in a fight. So, Let's talk about that a little bit more. We really recommend setting guidelines for fighting fair in advance. You need to sit down and talk about boundaries. Obviously, when you're not arguing, when you're in a good place, when you're not mad at each other. And also be careful not to argue once you sit down and talk about these boundaries. That's right. Come to mutual conclusions about how your relationship will pan out during an argument and after an argument. And when you realize you've gone too far, you need to have certain things in place 
that are helping the relationship become healthy and take steps forward and bringing you back together with love. Okay, so here we go. We've had a fight. Ding, ding, ding. We've said the things we said we weren't going to do. We did the things we said we weren't going to do. Now what? Now what? Take a minute. Take a breath. Cool down for just a moment. Now, this doesn't mean disappear. It doesn't mean get a hotel room and leave for the night or go stay at a friend's house or go back to mama's. But maybe you just need a little fresh air. Maybe you need a change of scenery. So you walk away for just a moment. And if you need to go and take a breath and take a moment, that would be okay as long as you understand that you're planning to come back and try to make amends. Yeah, because if you do some of those things you just mentioned, like the hotel room or going to a friend's house, that's pulling in the things that shouldn't be done. The next thing is take a moment to pray. We talked about don't run to other people, tell them the other things. Run to God. Work through your thoughts and emotions with God, not apart from God. He's seen it. He knows what's going on. Ask him for wisdom and then listen for it. Listen for the wisdom. Listen for that still small voice in him. Turn to God. Your marriage can only be stronger when you both turn to God for help and for answers. Number three, get down to the real reason you're fighting. Is it unmet expectations? Are you taking it out on your spouse because of other circumstances? Is it work? Is it fatigue? Is it anything other than what you're actually arguing about? Take a moment to evaluate that because maybe, just maybe, you're using your spouse as the object of something that's going on inside you instead of dealing with the real problem. And if you don't figure out what the real issue is, these things are going to just keep coming up. Are you exhausted because the kids are keeping you up? Do you need to set better bedtimes for the kids? Do you need to have more alone time with your spouse? Why are you fighting? And then next, you need to ask yourself the hard question, the question we don't want to ask ourselves. How am I responsible for arriving at this emotion state? Yeah, this is this is hard. That's why we called it the hard question. But it'll be a huge step in recovering and reuniting for a healthy marriage if you will stop long enough to honestly ask yourself how you are responsible for getting to this point. Remember, a marriage is thinking about your spouse's well-being even in a time such as this. Even when it's hard. Now the next one, ask yourself the better question. How can I bring us back together in love? If you remember, we did a podcast about the love languages. Maybe this is where you work that in. Maybe your spouse needs physical touch, so you just grab and and hug them. Maybe they need words of affirmation, so you tell them something good. Maybe they need an act of service, so you go empty that dishwasher. How can you bring your marriage back together in love? How can you recover? And if you haven't heard our podcast about the love languages, go back to the last podcast, listen to it, go find out what your love language is and your spouse's love language is, and then begin pouring into each other with that perspective. Because right here, as we come back from an argument, that's going to be a very critical time for you to be able to show your spouse you still love them, regardless of what just happened. And knowing your spouse's love language, it can be a key in fighting fair, which is exactly what our aim is today. After you've had an argument, you try to come back together, but there needs to be a conversation that explores how to prevent the same arguments from happening over and over and over again. Because in marriage, you can begin seeing patterns, and if it begins to seem that you're arguing about the same thing, let's take proactive measures in working that out ahead of time. Figure out what your triggers are. 
think, okay, we always argue whenever the holidays are coming up, or we always seem to argue when it's time to pay the bills. Figure out what those triggers are so that you can work through those. Now let's introduce a new segment that we call Highly Debatable. Oh, this is going to be fun. Okay, so we're going to talk about dumb things that people argue about and dumb things that we argue about. So the first one, toilet paper, over or under, or as Lee likes to call it, beard versus mullet. Lee, how do you like the toilet paper to be put back on the roll? Correctly. And which way would that be? (laughs) I call it the beard. The toilet paper needs to come over the top towards you to be done correctly. Mm, The beard. You like the beard. You have a beard and it's cute. I like beards. (laughs) But here's the thing. I also like mullets. And here's why. This is going to blow your mind. I do not care how the toilet paper goes on the roll. You heard it here first, you guys. I live in a house full of boys and men. So I don't care. As long as it's on the roll, you can put it upside down, backwards, mullet, beard, whatever. I don't have a preference, which is probably why about 50% of the time in your mind, I get it right because I just slip it on the holder and go on about my life. And I would like to say for the record, she just says she likes mullets. I do. (laughs) Business in the front, party in the back. Yes. Hey, one more thing that you mentioned to me before we began uh, this podcast was another issue that we have debated for a while now. Tell them what it is. Okay. So the way the toilet paper is on the roll doesn't bother me, but you want to know something that just makes my blood boil? Cheap paper towels. (laughs) I cannot stand cheap paper towels. I will spend three times the money to be sure I'm getting something good. But when Lee goes to the grocery store... He always, I'm just kidding, he doesn't always do that. Remember, I used one of those words we aren't supposed to use. He will usually just buy what's the cheapest or just grab something without putting thought into it. And that blows my mind. How can you not put thought into the paper towels that you buy? Well, I put thought into the paper towels. Maybe not the brand, but I do put thought into how they're used. Because when we use paper towels, I don't know if you use napkins or if you use paper towels at your house, but every once in a while we'll use paper towels when we eat dinner or lunch. And being a little bit frugal, I will get everybody a paper towel and I will actually tear the paper towel in half and give those out. So everybody gets half of a paper towel to start with their dinner and their lunch. So I do put thought into that, which might make me odd, but that's okay. Oh, cheap paper towels stress me out. Hey, we'd love to hear about you guys, something that you argue about. Maybe it's one of these highly debatable options that we just gave you, the toilet paper, the cheap paper towels. Maybe it's something else. Send us an email at lee at marriageassimply.com or emily at marriageassimply.com and let us know what is highly debatable in your marriage. Are you arguing about toilet paper, mullet or beard? Are you arguing about cheap paper towels or something else? We want to know those silly things that you argue about. And since you said we want to know, well, it's time for us to go. We'll be back in two weeks with an episode about doing what your spouse cannot. And remember, marriage is simply something new every day. Now give me a kiss and let's put this podcast to bed. (laughs) 